Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Macro Compass. First of all, thank you guys for passionately reading and supporting my macro analysis here on the Macro Compass. I have two exciting news to share. I'm going to start from the first one before we go into the article and share the second news at the end. The first is that I've been approached by plenty of investors over the last few months about a potential macro fund that I would run. Global macro volatility is back, it's here to stay, and I think it brings plenty of opportunities, but also volatility and risk to portfolios. Now, I am um, considering the possibility of opening a fund to try and take advantage of this macro volatility and opportunities. So in case you would be interested in a potential fund allocation into a macro fund run by me, please send me an email at fund at the macro compass. Dot com. Said that, let's go to the piece. Our economic system is ultra-financialized and dependent on leverage. And that's why understanding what are the incentive schemes for both investors and borrowers is an important step to piece the global macro puzzle together. Real yields play a crucial role in that puzzle. So let's talk about the real deal. Let's talk about real yields. And rule number one is that you cannot calculate real yields by subtracting today's inflation from long-term interest rates. The right formula to calculate real yields is the first picture in the article. So if you want to calculate 10-year real yields, then you do 10-year nominal yields minus 10-year inflation expectations. Now, from a borrower's perspective, real yields represent the expected inflation-adjusted borrowing costs that they need to incur to take on more debt and more leverage. Why do real borrowing rate matter more than nominals? That's because as a borrower, if you pay 3% nominal interest rate on your debt, but you expect inflation and your cash flows to grow by 4% per year, servicing your debt burden will not seem that scary. It's about future inflation, not today's, and it's about future inflation compared to your nominal borrowing rates. And that explains the formula that we just defined. Real interest rates matter for borrowers because they inform them on the expected inflation-adjusted cost that they will face when taking on more debt and more leverage. From an investor's perspective, risk-free real yields represent the safest layer of inflation-adjusted returns they can make, and hence, they set the bar for everything else. If you can make 5% real risk-free return per year, your appetite to go and YOLO into some unprofitable tech name will be obviously much lower. On the other hand, if real yields are negative, you will be looking for alternatives to deploy your cash much more aggressively. Real yields play a big role, therefore, in influencing investors' asset allocation preferences. And here is a stunning chart. The US real yield curve today in orange against two years ago in blue. The curve is derived using Treasury Inflation Protected Securities, the TIPS, for different maturities. Now, have a look at these curves. Two, two years ago, the curve in blue in 2021, U.S. real yields were deeply negative and projected to remain so for the next decade. Borrowers had the best time of their life. They could lock in extremely cheap inflation-adjusted borrowing costs, and investors were charged with negative real yields for the luxury to own risk-free government bonds. Back then, it was all about TINA. There is no alternative. You have to get involved in risk assets at whatever valuations 
and you have to go a step further before the herd does so. So you can buy altcoins and profitable tech stocks and sell it to the next guy coming. The absolute level and the rate of change in real yields are important drivers of stock market valuations. The second chart in the article shows that if long-dated real yields are negative, that's the blue line on the left-hand side, for a prolonged period of time, people will at some point be happy to pay 30 times multiples to pile up in the S&P 500. In the chart, we've used five-year forward, five-year real yields to isolate market expectations back in 2021 for what real yields would have been between 2026 and 2031. If you can see in the, in the green circle in the, in the chart, obviously when long-dated real yields were negative by 100 basis points, stock market valuations were much higher. In 2022, the Fed changed its mind. Powell started to worry about inflation and hiked rates aggressively. He even explicitly mentioned real rates multiple times as he wanted to see them in positive, restrictive territory. And a sharp increase in real yields led to a rapid drop in stock market valuations in 2022, as you can see from the chart, because as soon as investors were actually given an alternative through positive real rates on risk-free treasury bonds, they understood there was no reason to pay these frothy multiples for equities. A rapid change in real yields affects markets' behavior, and a persistently positive or negative level of real yields slowly affects investors' preferences over time. So positive real yields means less appetite for risk assets and vice versa. So real yields matter a lot for stock market valuations, but they also matter a great deal for economic growth. Real yields are so important for borrowers and providers of capital, and our economy functions smoothly when there is balance between the two. So it's important to define a crucial macro concept related to real yields. That's R-star. R-star is the equilibrium real rate at which our economy functions smoothly and delivers its potential GDP growth without overheating or falling into a recession. The younger, more productive, and less indebted our economy is, the higher R-star. Unfortunately, weaker demographics, stagnant productivity, and a big burden of that have lowered the equilibrium real rate at which our economies can smoothly function today. The estimated equilibrium real rate in the US is between 0 and 0.25%, and in Europe it is negative. R-star is a theoretical equilibrium real rate, but we can observe the realized real yields that are actually trading in markets, and therefore we can estimate whether markets are forcing the economy to work with real yields which are higher or lower than the equilibrium R-star. The last chart in the article shows a 20-year history of five-year real yields observed real yields in the US minus equilibrium real rate. If the series is negative, then Fed policy was loose because observed real yields were below equilibrium. But if the series moves in positive territory, the economy was forced to function with real yields above equilibrium. Notice how every time real yields were sitting above equilibrium, something broke in the economy and in markets. 2001, 2008, 2018. To the contrary, periods when real yields were below equilibrium were generally good for growth and for markets. 2004 to 2007, 2012 to 2017, for example. Real yields, guys, are very important. 
They are the lubricant of our credit-based economic system, being the balancing mechanism that drives decisions for borrowers and providers of capital. I explained in this piece why it is important to track and understand real yields as they're a crucial driver of investors' asset allocation preferences, therefore market performance and also economic growth. The second announcement I had is that if you enjoyed this educational macro piece, you are going to love what's coming next. The upcoming macro course where I will unpack the bond market like it's never been done before, in plain English and from a practical perspective. I will share my knowledge and the data sources with you so that you can master this complex but systemically important market. The course will be launched in a few weeks and the subscribers of the Macro Compass get a hefty discount from 25 all the way to 50% on the Macro course. So what are you waiting for to subscribe? Check what is the subscription tier that suits you the most at the end of the article through the link. And if you want to get in touch about the chance to invest in my macro fund, please send me an email at fund at themacrocompass.com. I'll talk to you guys again very soon with another piece here on The Macro Compass.